Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. All right. First of all, my name is Tim Barton, and I'm one of the pastors here, if you don't know that already. Um, And what I want to ask you to do as we start today is to think back over this last year some of you may think, well, do you mean like, you know, January calendar year? No, we don't think that way in the church. Uh, we go with the school year. And so our ministry year is from August through July. So we're thinking back through the year. Okay. So um, I want you to stop and think back over this last year. And I want you to think about one thing that has been good. One thing that God is, that you've seen God do, maybe it's in your family, maybe it's in, um, at work, maybe it's around here, but one thing that has been good, and that's going to be harder for some of you than others right now because you're in pain and I understand that, but I just want you to stop. Kids, you're, you're involved in this as well, so just stop and think about one thing that's been good and just put that in your mind for a minute. All right, we're going to come back to that later. Okay, so just hold that, but I want to go, wanted to go ahead and do that so, that so that you have that in your mind now. Um, you know, we've, we've, Mark told you at the beginning of the service today that at, on the last Sunday of the ministry year, that's today, um, our, your leaders have, have said we want to celebrate. Um, we want to remember what God has done. And when we say something like that in the church, you know, sometimes because of our experiences, because of maybe even sometimes just our personalities, we hear that and we think, huh. Is that something we should do on Sunday morning? Or we might think, well, that seems a little odd. Um, or, you know, then others are like, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's do this. All right. What I want to do today is show us um, from a passage. This is um, not in the First Samuel series. It's not in the next series we're going in. It's just one passage we're going to look at today. Um, but this, this type of thing is repeated over and over in Scripture. Um, we're going to look at Deuteronomy 4, verses 5 through 9. But what I want us to see is that remembering... And we'll use the term later, celebrating, but remembering is part of discipleship. And we've talked this year about wanting to grow in discipleship, wanting to grow in a culture of discipleship. And that has happened. Um, we, have, we have much more to go in growing in that. Um, but we, we want to remember because remembering is part of discipleship. And so keep that in mind as we come to Deuteronomy chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 5 through 9 um, together. As we turn to this, I remind you that this is God's word. Moses is speaking to the people of Israel here. I'm picking up in verse 5. And he says, See, I have taught you statutes and rules, as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples, who when they hear all these statutes will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I have set before you today? Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. 
Remembering is part of discipleship. So what are the things we need to remember? Right? As we talk about, as we talk about that, what are the things we need to remember? Again, the things I'm going to show you today, I think we're showing all over the Bible, but we're going to focus on them from this, from this passage and, and one close to this passage. First thing I think we need to remember from this passage is to remember what God commanded. All right? Remember what God commanded. Look at verses five and six. Again, he says, See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding. Here's what's interesting about this. Okay, We need to remember what God commanded, because as Moses is saying this to Israel, this is what sets you apart from all the other people groups, from all the other nations, is that you have a God who is giving you rules and laws to follow that is good for you, that is for your flourishing. A God who cared enough to lay these things out for you, to tell you what was good for you so that you could understand and follow it. That's what he means when he says this is their wisdom and their understanding. He tells them what's best for them. You know, we often think about rules and laws, right? It's just that those are the things that are restrictive. Those are the things from keeping us from doing what we want to do. (laughs) In God's word, rules and laws are, here's what's good for you. This is why I'm giving you these things. This is what you need to live a life that is flourishing in me. And so he says, this is what's best for them, even when they don't understand it, even when they don't like it. And he says that in doing so, those around, look, as they follow this, as they stand out, those around are going to look and be like, whoa. Whatever's going on with the people of Israel, that's different. There's something different there. Just before this, in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4, through Moses, God's telling the people that it was good for them to follow the rules and laws he was given them so that they may live and prosper as they go in and take possession of the land, as they go and do what he had called them to do, he would make them flourish through what he provided for them. Now, I want to talk for a minute about what this means for us today. It may be pretty straightforward for you, but before I do, I need to make one clarifying point, okay? And that is that today, I think we're all on the same page, we just want to make sure. Today, the people of God are not contained in one nation. And there is not one nation that is favored over other nations when it comes to being the people of God. Track it with me so far? All right. The reason we say that is, so if you go, back, if you go to 1 Peter, I'm not, you don't have to turn there right now, but you can write it down and look later. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, it's talking about, um, Peter's talking to those who have been, the Christians that have been dispersed and they're out, spread out everywhere, and he's telling them, yes, you're dispersed, you're spread out. There's Gentiles, there's Jews, there's, all, there's different people groups. And he's saying, you've been spread out, but once you were not a people, now you are my people. Once you had not received mercy, now you have received mercy. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Right? Who was the holy nation? All the people of God everywhere. All the true followers of Jesus everywhere. That's what we're talking about. So, so when we read the Old Testament and we see these things that have been applied to the people of Israel and we try to apply them today, think we are applying them to the people of God everywhere, right? And then sometimes specifically to our local church and what he's called us to. 
All right, so with that said, followers of Jesus still need to remember what God has told us is good for us. I know it seems so simple, right? But sometimes we kind of want to add to that or take away from it. Did God really mean that? Eh, I don't know. But he says what's good for us. And followers of Jesus are to be set apart in the way we live our lives. We're to be set apart in the way we trust and follow him, in the way we repent of our sin and turn to Jesus as our only hope, in the way we walk together in things versus saying, yeah, no, this is none of your business. in the way we care about the things of God. And if I could summarize that, what are the things of God? What are the things he tells us? Summarized. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's the summary. To summarize it even further, knowing and doing his word together. That's what he's called us to. So remembering is part of discipleship, and and, and so we remember what God's commanded. We also are to remember who God is and what he has done. Look at verses 7 and 8. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? What great nation has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him. And so Moses is, is setting up there and saying, your God is, our God is different. Our God is present with his people. Our God is near to his people whenever they call upon him. And they, they were also, though, to remember who this God was. Right? So... He's there, he's present, but remember who he was. Right after this in verses 10 through 14, it's like Moses gives this stuff and then he comes down and he expands on it all and he gives more more meaning, emphasis to it. And he says, you know, so when I say this God is with you, he's with you wherever he was, here's who this God is. Let me remind you, people of Israel, because at at the Mount of Sinai, you were terrified of this God. Let me tell you who he is, all right? This God is the one who came near and stood at the foot of the mountain while the mountain burned with fire to, to the heart of heaven, wrapped in darkness, cloud, and gloom. And then Lord, the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire, and you heard the sound of words, but saw no form. There was only a voice. What Moses is doing here is saying, hey, people of Israel, hey, all of us, you have a God. That God you were terrified of, people of Israel, guess what? That's the God. That's the one Not all these other false gods. He's the one who is always present to give you help to do what he called you to do, to give you help to be who he called you to be, this mighty God. And so Moses is going, not the fake gods, not the idols of the pagans, not any of those other things. Your need is for a God who is always present and working on your behalf. And he's saying, there's only one of those gods. And it's the God of the people of Israel. 
And as he does that again, we see in this verse, it shows to the nations that the people of Israel are different when you see who God is and what he's done. It shows to the people around them. What's the application for us? It's not complicated, right? We have a God, the mighty God, the one who spoke all things into existence. Um, I hear Christians sometimes saying, well, it doesn't really matter if we believe that God created everything by the word of his power. Yes, it does. Because if he didn't, then we have a weak God who can't really do what he said he'll do. But no, he spoke these things into being. He spoke us into being. He created all things. This is the God who is mighty over all things, right? This is the God who has said he is going to restore things and he's going to do, create the new heavens and the new earth. He, this is the God who is going to do what he said he was going to do and he's powerful enough to do it and that's the God. He's the God who is present with his people whenever we call upon him. What's beautiful for us today is on this side of Jesus coming, the Holy Spirit lives and dwells within us, right? The Holy Spirit is teaching us these things. We talk about being near and present. God is near and present to his people. It may not always feel that way. But we have to learn to find him in the midst of those things and to ask him to show himself in the day-to-day. So we remembering is part of discipleship, and so we remember what God commanded. We remember who he is and what he's done. And we do that, we remember, because forgetting has serious consequences. And that's what we see in verse 9. He says, Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. So he uses a phrase here. um, The the verb and the noun are the same. He uses it twice. Um, There's an article in it that's different, and that's what changes the the way it's translated, but it's the same. um, It it means the same thing, and it's put back-to-back for emphasis. What's translated here is take care and then keep your soul diligently. What that means is guard, watch, keep, protect your, protect your soul, protect your heart, all right? So to, to um, give you an example of the emphasis, so throughout our marriage, you know, Carrie Ann's going to the store, I'm going out to the grocery store, and we might say, um, you know, as we're walking out the door, hey, be careful, right? Sometimes that's how we kind of read through this. But we now have a new driver in our home, and as he goes out the door, I say, be careful. What's behind that? It's the same. It sounds the same. But what's behind that is watch out for all the crazies and make sure when you're coming here, you use your turn signal when you turn and make sure you go in the store this way. And when you come out, you come this way. And, you know, there's all sorts of other things. And then, hey, there might be a storm coming. So make sure you're watching out for that. Like all that's wrapped up in be careful. <laughs> right? That's more of what we're talking about here, except for even more serious. Right? Be careful. Take heart. Keep your soul diligently. Why? Well, we see two reasons. Number one, lest you forget what you have seen. Also still in verse, in verse 9. What did Israel see? Well, this group of people, this group um, were, were those that had, many of them were alive when Egypt was brought out of, or when, when Israel was brought out of Egypt. They had seen the plagues that caused Pharaoh ultimately to let them go. 
They had seen the army chasing them. They had seen the, the events at the Red Sea where Pharaoh's army was stopped. They had seen the, the, cloud by, of, of, um, um, the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night um, guiding them. They had seen the manna. They had seen the water from the rock. Like They had seen all these things, right? They actually had seen them. And he said, remember what you've seen. Remember God's faithfulness, what you've seen. They also had seen God's dealing with the people when they were worshiping a bell. Um, just before this in verse 3, it talks about that. And he said, they had seen what had happened, that God took those, that seriously, that they had been punished for that. And they had seen that God stood out from all the false gods. So this is what they had witnessed. This is what they had experienced. But the second thing, and so, so he says, do these things so that you don't forget that. But he also says... Remember, uh, or he also says, guard, keep watch, protect your hearts, lest the things you have seen depart from your heart. And so he takes it a step further. When he uses the word heart here, it's kind of like in the, in the phrase when you use the word soul. This is at the deepest parts of who you are. Take heart, guard, keep watch, so that the things you've seen don't depart from your heart, don't, don't, but don't um, come out from the deepest part of who you are and what drives you. And so he warns them. Verses 15 through 28. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to give you some highlights there. He warns them. If you let these things depart from your heart, here's, what, here's how that might look. You might begin to give credit to idols. That is, created figures. Things, things that had been created, little, little figures that they would worship. Um, or other things created by God, right? And then you might start to give worship to the sun and the moon and the stars. He says, if you go outside and you look and you see the sun and the moon and the stars, and you think, wow, those things are magnificent. They are great. They must be what created. No, God created those too is what he's saying. And so he says, don't be drawn, around, uh, uh, drawn away to bow down or to serve anything, including our own ideas and thoughts of what's right and wrong. And then he keeps going with some, some more warning, warning for clear consequences. I told you this kind of thing repeats in Deuteronomy, so I'm going to go to one other spot in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Same wording, verse 11, it says, Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and rules and statutes. But this is the part I think we need to pay close attention to. Lest when we've eaten and are full and we've built good houses and live in them and we have all the possessions we need and we have, um, and he talks about livestock and, and livestock and herds and, and your gold and your silver have multiplied. Lest when all that happens, verse 14, your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God. And then look at verses 17 and 18 of chapter 8. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. He says, no, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So if I tie all that together, remember his covenant, remember his commandments, remember who he is and what he's done. Don't forget and take credit for yourself because if you do, what's happening there 
If you do, then the things you've seen begin to depart from your heart. Every day, we need to remember that nothing we have did we gain, earn, and should we take credit for. They're blessings from the Lord. Be careful. Take care. Guard your soul diligently. And then he says, we see that we need to remember these things together as the people of God. Now, why do I say that from this passage? Go back to verse 9. Now, back in chapter 4, verse 9. The end of it, make them known to your children and their children. There's two parts to this. First of all, that phrase demonstrates how inclusive this is. Right? That how long do we, how, how long do we need to take heart? How long do we need to guard um, and be diligent with our hearts? How long do we need to remember what we've seen? <laughs> it says, to the next generation. And, and that's not enough. And to the next generation. And guess what? This continues to repeat these same phrases as, as Israel moves along. And it says, to the next generation and to the next generation. How important is this? It should be at the heart and core of everything we do. That's what Moses is telling them. And it's applicable to us as well, right? And it's also specific. It's not a mistake that he uses children here. But it's, yes, in individual homes. But in Israel, the people of God, the children of God, were discipled, were cared for, were nurtured by the people of God as a whole. And that is important because nurturing and growing the children of God, right, is good for the people of God. And so he says, we need to do this because remembering together as a church family, remembering together as a people of God, is good for his people. It's part of discipleship, right? You know, when we think about our kids, we think about, and I say our kids, I mean the kids of our church. It is different, right? It is different in this world. It is even different in Christian subculture to say what, what if I was going to look, I was about to call a name, I'm not going to do that. If, you know, to say, you know what's the most important thing for you? The most important thing for you is not keep your, keep your grades up so that you graduate high school with a GPA, so that you can go to the college you want to get into, so that you can get started right in life, so that you can find the right spouse, so that you can do this, blah, 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 blah. No, the most important thing is that we say what you need is to know the Lord Jesus Christ is to know that he's the one that will not leave you, that he will be present with you whenever you call upon him. That's what you need. And it's also different when we look at a kid who's going to school, starting school this week, right? Kids, you're starting school this week? I'm sorry, okay? Um, But as you start school this week, right? To say... How many of you, hey, let me ask this question. Kids, how many of you had to get school supplies and stuff? Yeah. Walmart's a nightmare, okay? Um, But you got to get prepared, right? 
but it's different for me to look at you and say, the way that you need to be most prepared is to ask people to pray for you as you go to school and ask people to pray that when you feel alone because your friends aren't treating you well, to know that God is near you. To ask people to pray for you so that when, um, when, when things are going on around you and school just seems hard, that you'll know God is near you. and He's going to help you through what he's given you, right? Through what you have today. That's different. That's remembering together what the Lord has done, right? That stands out to the world around us. And so today, as I kind of draw this to a conclusion here, I want us together as a church family to pause today, right? And we're just going to celebrate for a few minutes. But again, the reason we are celebrating is not to say, look what we've done. Y'all, we were, we were talking about it this morning. God has done some, some great things, and, and some of us could look and be like, thank you for letting us be a part of that. It may even be tempting to say, look what we did, right? But we need to celebrate lest we forget that it is God and God alone who has accomplished these things. And so we're going to watch a short video And then I'm going to come back with some things on a a list that I'm just going to share with you that we can celebrate what God has done. And then we'll continue in celebration in other ways in our service. So just watch this video. That's the third time I've watched that today and every time I get teary, which is, it's only, I I like just cry at church, it seems like. But, um, (laughs) But here's why, right? It's, it's God at work. It's God's faithfulness. And maybe you're sitting in here today and you're like, wow, I just don't, I don't feel that right now. And that's okay. But I want you to sense and see that, that he does work. And there is hope even though it doesn't feel like it. I want to share a few more things. Um, you know, we do a list every year with our staff and elders um, towards the end of the spring during our, during our retreat cycle because it's good for us to stop and go because we're constantly thinking, okay, what are, we, what are we supposed to do next? What are we called to next? Um, but to stop and say, Lord, what have, you, what have you done? And the list this year was over 100 things on that list. Okay, I'm not going through every one, I promise. Um, but I, but I want to summarize a few of those for you. All right. So in this, in this past ministry year, we have seen 30 people, or a little over 30 people, join the church um, as, as new members. Um, people standing and saying, hey, I'm, you know, we want to be in it with you. We want to grow together. Um, we want to learn what that means. Um, all those things. Um, and we have 20 more that are in process right now that, are, that have said we want to join, but we just haven't gotten through all that. Uh, it's pretty exciting to see. Right? We have 17 uh, new associate members at the church this year. Um, and that are, those are students and children who are saying, we want to follow him. Um, and we want to do that in this church, in the context of this church family. We know what that means. We've seen six um, or three adults profess uh, faith for the first time. And we've seen six students, um, teenagers, do that for the first time this year. Um, also, it's super exciting uh, to see God working in those ways. We have 20 adults who have been, in this past year, been mentoring um, students one-on-one um, throughout, throughout the year. 
so that those students can then mentor others. And if you haven't noticed, um, those students also are all over the place in the children's area helping pour into younger children. Right? That we saw a couple students up here helping lead worship this morning. You know, a lot of these, these kids come to 9 o'clock and then they go at 1045 so that they can serve. Right? Because they, they know they need to be here, but then they're going and they're serving as well. And it's just really sweet and beautiful to see. Also, uh, just to celebrate that we have, um, we have people who gather in this building on Saturdays. We've talked about wanting to grow and engaging in our diverse community. Right? We have people gathering with Friends of India here on Saturdays, um, and they're tutoring students from the community that come. It's free tutoring that we offer. Um, the students come. And so there's been 10 adults committed to that um, and about eight students that have come um, throughout this time. And that's a great start to, the, to relationships with, with um, youth and teens and families in this community. We've also seen our partnerships with, um, with Clarkston, the refugee community where we have families going and serving, or teenagers and, and families going and serving, um, a partnership with Vijiji. Um, we have John and his daughter Sarah here and all the work that Libby, I said her in the first service and subsequently Devin, um, have been a part of there. Um, so we're very grateful for that. Um, and then we have a part, seen a partnership with Amor Real um, and with Alex and Holly in Peru growing. I, I say all that, right, again, Look at what God's doing. Okay, God is at work, and he's using us here, and he's using us there and, and all over as we are trying more and more to submit to him. We also see discipleship groups with men and women, um, one-on-one groups, um, all those things. Those things are growing. Some of those things are planned, and they're growing, and, and a lot of that's happening organically. Um, and we're very excited to see that growing among us as well. And then I don't want to forget um, the financial provision. That God, you know, at a time when many churches have really struggled, coming out of COVID um, into this next season of church, God, through, through you, yes, you have been faithful, and we are called to be faithful because that's good for us, but through you, God has provided, and our general fund has stayed strong, while also um, our faith promise for 15 acres um, has also stayed strong. That is a testament to God's work, and he's doing that in and through this church body, and we are super grateful for that. And so I just want to stop a minute um, and ask you to keep this celebration going. I'm stopping, but you're not. Um, to keep this celebration going by turning to somebody next to you, right? And for just a minute, little sentence prayers, thank God. Maybe it's that thing you, you remembered earlier in the day. Um, but when I started the sermon, maybe it's something we've just talked about. But just turn and sentence prayers um, and thank God for something um, that, well, for something you're thankful for, <laughs> that, you, that you've seen him do, um, even if it's just repeating something I've just gone through. And then I'll bring us back together in just a moment. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.